0: Welcome to the Modern Jewish Girl Podcast. I'm Jenna, lawyer by training, writer and teacher by choice. Originally from New York, I am a proud wife and mother living in the holy city of Jerusalem. Join me as we delve into the Holy Torah's teachings and apply them to our lives. I keep it short and sweet, but always deep. Welcome. Hi, welcome back. I'm really excited to be back here with you. I hope you're doing well, staying warm, staying healthy. It's one of those days here in Israel where I cannot get warm physically, so I'm hoping that we can warm ourselves spiritually with some words of Torah. I want to ask for some feedback. I've been doing some conversations more on the podcast with people, and I initially started this podcast more as a solo project to share words of Torah, make it relevant. And I'm just curious how people are liking the conversations. Any feedback would be really great. You can contact me through my website, modernjewishgirl.com, or through Instagram at modernjewishgirl. I would really love to hear from you. Today's podcast episode is dedicated to an aliyah neshama, the elevation of the soul of chasia bat harav pinchas svi. This is the wife of a dear friend and mentor of mine, Who recently passed away. And she was a beloved wife, mother, grandmother, and child psychologist. And without fanfare, she davened three times a day, belonged to a Tehillim group, and studied Parsha every Shabbos. Her husband describes her as, in every way, a true Ashes Chayel. So this podcast should be an aliyah for her neshama. Today, I'm going to speak about suffering from a Jewish perspective, how we can elevate it, and share some of my own personal experiences and tips. So Yaakov Avinu, Jacob, our forefather, before he died, he gathered his children around him and he had a prophecy. He had insight and he knew that his children were going to be put into slavery in Egypt, but he also had prophecy that they were going to be taken out of slavery early. They were supposed to go down for 400 years and they were taken out at least 100, I believe it was 190 years early. But he was prevented from sharing this prophecy. This, the Shechina, the divine presence that surrounded him when he had this prophecy left and he was unable to share it. And why was this? Because the reason that the Jewish people were redeemed early was precisely because it appeared that they were going to be enslaved forever. And it was that extra darkness of not knowing when they were gonna be freed, of feeling like this was never ending, that extra suffering that actually brought about the light. It was that extra darkness that brought about the light of their redemption. Rabbi David Asher has an amazing book, Living a Muna on the Parsha. And he says that one of the greatest difficulties of a problem, especially if you're waiting for a Yeshua, if you're waiting for some sort of deliverance, some sort of relief, you want, you're looking to find a marriage partner for years, you're waiting to have a child for years, you know, these types of sufferings that can really go on for a long time. One of the greatest difficulties of it is not knowing when it will end, but the suffering that results from this unknown is really to our benefit. He says, because in the merit of this extra suffering, the weight is reduced and our prayers are answered. He says, when it looks like Hashem has abandoned us and he's not listening to our prayers, that's precisely what is helping us. Not seeing the end is our strength. And a lot of times, Hashem will make it look as if the suffering will last very long, and then all of a sudden, salvation will come. Hashem rewards us for bearing the suffering that appears to be coming, even though it never comes. My husband and I are blessed with a -a four-and-a-half-year-old daughter, and for several years now, we've been trying to have another child, and it's really been a journey. And it's definitely, uh, it's a situation of prolonged suffering, where you know, there's been many trials and errors and tribulations and hoops that we need to jump through and hopes that have been crushed and bouncing back and starting over again, only to have the hopes crushed again. And it's been, it's been a process of a painful process. And for me, one of the things that I found so difficult was this exact point of not knowing when this will end. And, you know, people go years God forbid, without being able to have a child, they go through many painful and difficult um, medical procedures and not knowing when it will end is, is a big part of the suffering itself. So for me, when I heard these words from Rabbi David Asher, it gave me a lot of comfort and a lot of chizuk. And it was something that I wanted to share because it really touches me personally. And it's something that I really can relate to. I want to remind and do a little refresher. When I first started the podcast, I spoke about challenges. And my teacher, Sari yohebid Rigler, taught me many years ago that our challenges, although painful, force us to grow into the people we need to become. And she said there's usually three categories that a challenge will fall into. It's either a tikkun, it's, it's designed to help us fix an aspect of our souls, part of you know our soul needs fixing in this world, and, and that is what this challenge is designed to do. It can be a nesayon, a test to help us improve in a certain way, or it could be a kapara. It could be a remedy for a wrongdoing. So I think it's easier when a challenge is directly from Hashem, like in the case of of my fertility journey, you know, nobody's doing anything to me. It's it's directly from Hashem, and we know Hashem holds the keys to childbirth. So it's it's a challenge directly from Him. And I think in certain instances, and our our sages tell us that it's harder when the challenge comes through the pain that somebody inflicts on us. It comes through a messenger of another person. It it can be much harder. And, And an example that I have from my personal life recently is we have a friend who we gave something valuable to, worth a lot of money, and this person lost it and doesn't really want to pay us back the value that this thing is worth. So obviously this is very painful and, you know, this is somebody we consider a friend who we've done many things for and, um, it's very easy to have resentment for this person in this situation. But our sages tell us that a person does not have the ability to help or harm someone without Hashem decreeing it first. So whatever happens to a person would have happened regardless of the messenger who caused it. So in my instance, we were meant to lose that money. Regardless, he was just the messenger that made that come about. But every year, Hashem does an accounting of how much money we're supposed to have. And some money gets lost. You know, God forbid, money gets stolen. You know, then we get unexpected money. You know, things happen like this all the time to balance out the accounting. And everyone ends up with what they're meant to have. So our sages say that we're not allowed to feel animosity toward others if they harmed us. This is very hard. They were only acting as agents of Hashem, and their sin is between Hashem and them. So in my example, it's really between my friends and Hashem. You know, if he doesn't want to do the right thing and pay us back the value of what he lost, it's really between him and Hashem, you know, at the end of the day. So I think an example of somebody that we can look to in the Torah is Yosef Hasadik you know, his brothers sent him down to Egypt. They they sold him off into slavery. He spent 12 years in jail. And instead, when he came face to face with his brothers, and he was at this point, the viceroy of Egypt, he could have said, you know, how could you, and had animosity toward them. And, and I don't think anyone would have blamed him. But instead, he said, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He was very clear on the fact that it was all from Hashem, that he was meant to go down to Egypt and go through every single thing he went through. And it was, his brothers were just the emissaries. What I'm saying so far is that whether we have a challenge that's directly from Hashem or comes to us through a friend or another person, Hashem is with us every step of the way in our suffering. And it's all ultimately from him. And it's all ultimately for our own good to grow in the ways that we need to grow. After Hashem split the sea, we're reading about this now in the Torah. We just read about it last week. After Hashem split the sea for the Jewish people, he created miracle after miracle for them, you know, the plagues and and culminating in the splitting of the sea. And then the Jews went into the desert and they began immediately to complain because there was no water to drink. And it's a very famous question. How could they complain? They just saw Hashem split the sea. They know Hashem could do anything for them. And Rabbi David Asher says something really awesome. He says, they were asking, why do we need this suffering now? Why can't things just be smooth? <laughs> Does it sound familiar? I feel like we're always asking ourselves this. You know, why do I need to go through this? Why can't things just work out? And I especially feel this with my fertility challenge. If I'm being, you know, open and vulnerable it's very painful for me. You know, obviously I'm in the age now where all of my friends are having children and, you know, I'll see friends who got married years after me, having child after child and and getting pregnant with no problem and every two years having a child and it's so easy for them. It's like Hashem just gives them the bracha. Why can't Hashem could easily just give me the bracha too? I say, Hashem, why can't you just give me the bracha the way you give them the bracha? Why do I have to suffer through this? Why can't it just be smooth for me? So this was the time, our our sages tell us in the Torah, where Hashem introduced to the Jewish people the mitzvot that defy explanations, the the chokim, a chok is, is a mitzvah that we can't ever fully understand, and the rational mitzvot, when they were in the desert complaining. Sometimes we understand, and sometimes we don't. We don't understand what Hashem's doing and why. I don't understand fully why I have to go through this challenge, but It's always the same loving Hashem dealing with us every moment. And we have to constantly remind ourselves of this and try to feel it in our heart, even though it can be very dark when you're going through a prolonged suffering like this. And at the very least, the little bit of light that I can see is if nothing else going through this challenge has made me so much more sensitive to other people, you never know what people are going through. You just don't. And that's why we just have to be kind to each other. And just deal with people sensitively. So if anything else, it's taught me that. So how do we deal with suffering? Is there anything that we can really do about it? So I think the first thing that we can do, and again, I'm speaking from my own personal experience, and then also what I've learned, is shift into a, into a state of gratitude. That's always helps me. You know, no matter how low I feel, no matter how upset I feel, when I'm feeling like a victim... I try to immediately shift and start thinking and even saying out loud, out loud or writing down things that I'm grateful for. For instance, I am extremely grateful to have my health. I am extremely grateful to have a husband. You know, I have many friends who are waiting to find their husbands. It's not so simple. I'm extremely grateful to have a child, a healthy child. You know, these things are huge. So, Immediately. And it could be small things too small things in your day. Just, you know, that cup of coffee you had that was so delicious and and really boosted you like anything just shifting into gratitude I find really can help just as a starting point. And I think we have to look at our particular situations when we're suffering and ask, what can I do here? Is there anything I can do to make the situation better? Because sometimes we'll shy away from our own personal involvement and we can be more proactive to alleviate the situation. So this is what our sages call putting in hishtadut, putting in effort. And I've spoken about this way back early in the podcast that hishtadut really equals physical effort and prayer. We have to ask Hashem to help us in whatever we're going through. That's a huge, huge part of, of seeing, uh, salvation. So putting in our effort and praying. And then the last component, which I really want to dive into a little bit is a strengthening our Amuna, strengthening our faith in Hashem, that everything comes from him and everything is for the best. If we live in a, with a and we truly, truly can understand this, then we can embrace the process of suffering. We can embrace the suffering itself because we know that it's making us grow and it's necessary for our own good. And it's like that idea that a diamond, a diamond is formed under pressure. You know, it's creating us into the beautiful people that we need to be. So when we're put in trying situations and we really have no choice, but to go through it, we might as well choose to grow through it to say, okay, Hashem, this is what you want from me today. You want me to go get my blood taken and this test and take this pill and call this doctor. And that is what you want from me today. So I'm going to stop resisting. I'm going to show up to it. I'm going to you know, try to be happy and grateful and, and just take each day and each challenge at a time, each moment at a time, and trust that it's for my own good and tailor-made for me from Hashem. And know that Hashem is with us and he literally, our sages teach that Hashem comes down with us, comes down with the Jewish people into exile. And for me, this really makes the suffering more bearable, to know that Hashem's really with me and holding my hand at every moment. I have a really amazing Torah teacher here in Israel who I've spoken about a lot, named Yehuda Skolshevsky. She has a school called Shaviti, which I will link to below. And this month, this, this semester, I've been learning Parsha with her. The class is called Zohar on the Parsha, so it's obviously very deep. And the class she taught on Parsha Shamos, she spoke about suffering. And it was very interesting the point that she gave over. She said, We judge suffering based on somebody's kaleen, based on somebody's ability or vessel to deal with that suffering. So our sages actually teach that somebody who has had a hard life of many hardships and suffering, if they undergo another suffering, It's actually objectively not as bad as somebody who grew up basically coddled and with a good, happy, comfortable life who then undergoes a big suffering. The second person is actually, their suffering is actually much worse because they have small kaleem. They don't really have the capacity, the resilience to deal with the challenge in the way that the person who's been dealt many blows through life has been able to grow big kaleem, big vessels to undergo these hardships and bounce back from them. I think it's such a fascinating idea. So how do we grow our Kaleem? How do we become people who can deal with the hardships in a graceful way? She said, the trick is to be around people who can carry pain gracefully with amuna. This helps us to make our Kaleem bigger. I think Rabbi Nachman Breslov teaches this. She was giving it over in his name. Being around people who can carry pain gracefully with faith, with amuna, this helps us to make our Kaleem bigger. And I really just want to give a shout out to my Rebbiton, Ruthie Lynn, because she immediately came to mind as the person who I've watched deal with life so gracefully, whatever's going on, whatever, you know, hardship she's go- gone through in her life, you know, the inevitable things we all go, go through as we try to raise a family and-, and do all the amazing things that that she's doing. I've just watched her deal with it so gracefully and with such a moona that it's from Hashem, that it's actually really helped me. It's helped me to make my kailin bigger and to deal with the struggles and, and the things that I've been dealt. So I think this is a really beautiful idea and it was something that I wanted to share. In sum, Hashem is with us in our suffering. It's all from Him and all ultimately for our own good, even if we can't see it in the process. And we can elevate our suffering by taking it moment by moment, doing what's required of us and strengthening our gratitude, our amuna, our prayers. I think a lot of why these types of afflictions happen to us is Hashem just wants us to come close to Him. And, and unfortunately, most of us come closer to Hashem when we're going through hardships than when we're going through good times. So prayer is a way to really draw close to Hashem. And being around people who have big kalim, who have big vessels, who know how to carry their pain gracefully with amuna, and emulating them which will help us make our Kaleem bigger. There's a quote from the Holy Baal Shem Tov, the founder of Hasidus that says, let me fall if I must. The one I will become will catch me. And this is really what we're talking about. Through going, by going through our challenges in the ways that we've spoken about, we will change as people. And we will come out so much stronger than we ever knew we could be and so much better and greater than we ever knew we could be. And it will be that person that will catch us at the end. I bless us that we should have all of our prayers answered for the good very soon and become the people we need to become in the process. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe, give us a rating, a review, and of course, share with your family and friends. Be blessed.